0: It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to
1: Rock Your Midlife. Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. I am thrilled that you are here. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're returning, thank you so much for being here. We got somebody from Zimbabwe last week, which I'm like, wow, we've got Zimbabwe. We've got Russia. We've got Philippines. We've got Europe, of course, the United States, Canada, all over the world amazing women who all want to rock their midlife. And today we are talking about some of my favorite topics. We're talking about confidence, which is something that I have found most midlife women want more of. We're talking about courage, which again, something that we all need to fuel those courage muscles. And we're talking about community. And I want to let you know that I actually have just created a new Rock Your Midlife community. It's launching on February 28th. If you are interested in joining, reach out to me at TheMidLifeWhisperer.com. That's com. There's a contact bar there that you can email me, and I will share more information about this amazing, supportive community that's going to give you all the tools you need to really make your next chapter your best chapter. You know, midlife is a crazy roller coaster. I know. I have been through it. I've been through divorce and health crisis and emptiness and all the things. And it can really feel like you're doing everything else for everybody else but yourself, whether it's as a parent, a partner, an employee. It's so easy to lose yourself in your roles. You know what I'm talking about. I know I have been there. And however it Doesn't have to be that way. You can access your courage in numerous ways and take small steps to boost your confidence and be part of a community that can support you. The result is that you're going to feel more joyful, energized, and empowered. I'm here to say that midlife, when you're going through these tough times and feeling stuck, that's the time to engage with the transformation. It's not the time to do the turtle thing and crawl into your shell and tuck and cover. It's the time to be like, okay, and take some baby steps and I'm gonna to start to really step into my future self. And today's show is gonna help you find the courage to live your most authentic life. I am dishing with midlife courage coach Sherry Clark, who is gonna share her recipe and secrets for creating an authentic midlife, and life. So it's going to be a fun, informative show that's going to help you rock your midlife. And I want to talk a little bit about um, courage. And I want to share this quote that actually Sherry sent to me. Sherry reached out to me initially to be on her amazing summit, which is actually... Going on right now. If you're listening to this live, the link to join it is in the show notes. You want to sign up for that. It's free. It's a great talk series. It's kind of like being a fly on the wall. I've listened to some of these conversations, they're amazing. But she sent me this um, wonderful inspirational quote It takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. It's one of my favorites. It's E.E. Cummings. And it's so true. I'm finding in my own life that I'm like aging in reverse. I feel more joyful, more energized, more excited about my life. I'm getting ready to go to Costa Rica with my man, Mr. Aquarian, which I'm so excited about. I love my work. I love my life. I feel amazing, but it does take a lot of courage to really drill down and figure out who you want to be, let go of who you think you're supposed to be. All of those, I should be this, I should do that. I should listen to this person. I should put these people first. All of that shoulding all over yourself. You know what I'm talking about. You got to let go of all that stuff. And I love the word courage because I love French. I've studied a, a fair amount of it and love to speak the language. The word courage, the root of it is core, which is, of course, the French word for heart. So courage isn't about being brave, although that's part of it. It's really about listening to your heart. And I think, um, you know, at Midlife, I've worked with thousands of women, had tons of people on this show. And there's something that happens at Midlife is we start to listen to that still small voice that tells us to leave that marriage, meet that amazing person, travel, start that side hustle, write that book, or just, you know, go right instead of left. And I think that that is really what courage is all about. I think about, I love The Wizard of Oz. It's one of my favorite movies. And I think the lion should have gotten a heart instead of the tin man, because you need heart for courage. And I love the the C word confidence, because confidence is about the root of that word is, is confide. And it's about trusting yourself. And those words are connected because when we listen to our hearts, And we trust ourselves. We grow in confidence. Every time we do that thing that we know that we want to do, when we listen to our heart, we get more and more confident and we feel better and better about ourselves. And we finally get to this point, which I think we're going to really dig in with Sherry in a a moment, is we put ourselves first and then the other people in our lives, everything falls into place. And you know what? Some people do break up with you. What happens is when you are that caterpillar, right? And you start to work on becoming that butterfly, people still think you're the caterpillar and you don't want to be that caterpillar anymore. You want to be the damn butterfly. And so I know when I um, got divorced, I lost a lot of friends, you know, and that was a really hard thing. But I'm here to say that, my goodness, I have gotten such amazing friends now. I have this amazing community. The other day I was at this um, incredible... Um, reggae yoga class. And I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my goodness, I have become my future self. And I am just loving my life and enjoying myself because I had the courage to listen to my heart, to make some changes. Sometimes we have to listen to our hearts and do something. And sometimes we listen to our hearts and life just happens to us. And that's what happened to me last year with breast cancer. I had to have the courage to deal with it and also to take some other steps to keep my health, um, as, as strong as I could. And then let's see, you know, after courage and, and confidence really comes community. And I think something that's so amazing that's happening in the whole midlife sphere is that women are connecting, whether it's, you know, here on podcasts, whether it's communities like my new rock your midlife community, whether it is on Instagram, on Facebook, we are saying, you know what, I'm important, I want to be seen, I want to connect with other women. We don't have to be invisible anymore, especially with social media that gives us a infinite number of platforms to connect with each other so i'm so happy every week to connect with you to connect with my guests and i'm so excited for you to meet my guest sherry clark she is amazing i hope that you're watching um her because she's gorgeous she is wearing bright red and looks amazing she's a midlife courage coach who calls her practice fork in the road and she has written and presented on topics ranging from managing regrets and finding your passion to overcoming career burnout. She is a serial entrepreneur. I know what that's like. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 12. And she owned a successful advertising agency for over 25 years before pivoting to become a life coach when she was in her 50s. But Cherry didn't abandon her creativity of the advertising world when she started her coaching practice. She's well known for her fun talks and presentations, as well as the unique exercises she's developed to help clients to achieve their goals. In her personal time, she enjoys spending time in her Art Deco home, which has been featured in a variety of publications and she lives with her Maine Coon Cat Lotus. I love that. I love Maine Coon Cats. And also that works on, we work on their yoga poses. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. So good to have (laughs) you here. Thank you. It's so good to be here, Dr. Ellen. So you have a Maine Coon cat that actually does yoga poses, like besides upward downward dog. He well, he, um, you I know, mean, I'm his sorry, name is,
2: cat his pose. name is Lotus, and Lotus is a yoga pose. So, uh, right. and, yeah, so yeah, he's pretty remarkable. Although sometimes he manages to just flop himself on my yoga mat,
1: and that's it. That's the end of my practice. Well, that's a great way to do Shavasana, right? Which I think is one of the most challenging (laughs) poses just to lie there and let go. I know I have a dog these days and she, she doesn't mean upward, downward dog. It's great looking at animals to get that inspiration for our yoga poses. So before we dig into courage, I'm curious, how did you become a life coach? What led you on that path?
2: well um th- probably not surprising um what led me here was i had to have courage to leave what what was actually on paper looking like it worked um you know you alluded to that this is the time of life that we make a lot of changes and have to pivot and listen to ourselves and i owned that advertising agency that you referenced um i had owned it for 25 years it was doing really well financially um And, uh, you know, I was well-known. I had been president of the Advertising Association, just all of the goodies, you know. But inside, in my heart of hearts, I was miserable. Um, I owned the company with my ex. And so (laughs) right there, there's a whole nother show, Ellen. Yeah, (laughs) we could talk about that because I was in business with my ex as well. Then, yeah, we should have that conversation. (laughs) So, you know, that that takes on a life of its own. And there was just a point when I said, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm 53. There's more sand in the bottom of my hourglass than there is in the top. And I, if I'm going to do something different, I gotta do it. So um, I thought long and hard, and got scared, and went anyway. So that's how I did it. I just did, and it, and it wasn't actually. Here's the thing that's important for this. The takeaway for listeners is I didn't leave to go do what I, what I'm doing now, I left to get the hell out of something that was eating me alive. Mm -hmm. And it was something that was making me drink too much, um, not be happy, uh, cut corners, not be the person that I view myself as being, you know, like saying I was going to go for a run and then saying, yeah, pizza sounds better, (laughs) you know, just like that kind of like self-medicating. And I knew that that it was, easier to, I was on a slippery slope. It was just too easy to compromise. And so um, I just left and knew that that would give me clarity and and the ability to be able to see what was next. And I was right. And the other part about this is I saw what was next for that next step, not for the whole rest of my life. So the next step for me was to become a coach, but I was a health coach. I was working with people to um, eat more healthfully and and that sort of thing. And then I pivoted to becoming a life coach. So I guess the, what I'm saying is I'm not just telling my story. I'm telling anybody who's listening who has that itch, that feeling of there should be more, could be more. I, I'm feeling like I'm wearing shoes that are too tight. You don't have to have it all figured out. Just know that you need something different. And that to me is courage. Move ahead, not knowing the end of the story.
1: Yeah, we never know the end of the story. And a couple of things I want to pick up on. Well, first, that hourglass idea, right? People always ask me, you know, Dr. Ellen, what's, how do you define midlife? And it is that feeling that my hourglass, I'm running out of time and there is more time behind me than in front of me. And I think at midlife, we get this sense. It's like a chick in the shell where you know the chick to break the shell open is starving. And that's why they peck out. And we're like, I got to get out of here. And what I find so often, I would say nine out of 10 women who come to me, come to me because like you said, they're, they're just drinking too much. It's not like they're having like three bottles of wine in the evening, but that Chardonnay and cheddar cheese party happens every single night. And it's what they look forward to. And they're gaining weight. And as you said, You know, it's so much easier to like dive under the covers with Netflix and potato chips than to do that thing, whether that is like saying, you know what, I'm going to spend a half an hour drawing, or I'm going to work on that book, or I'm going to work on that side hustle, or I'm going to, you know, take that yoga class. It's so interesting because our brains are so wired to be couch potatoes. And we live in this environment that's like, hello, it's so easy to be a couch potato with, you know, millions of things that we can watch and more food than we could ever eat in a lifetime. And I love, we have so many parallels because I've been a dietitian this year is my 30th year being a dietitian. And, and I was, and I still am very much in the health and wellness sphere, but found that um, the life coaching piece was what people needed to change their health. When I started helping people to work on their lives, then they stopped the binge eating. Right. It's really, yes. really powerful. So, how do you define courage?
2: Um, when I talk about courage, I, I I like to say that there's two different kinds of courage, and. Um, the, the the first kind of courage that people think of oftentimes if, you're, if they're not having a conversation like we're having now would be the courage that when you see a burning building and you know there's somebody in there that you don't think about yourself, you run inside and you do what you can. Or we've heard the, about those Herculean um, episodes where someone, their kid gets hit by a car and they run over and pick the car up. You know, they have this superhuman power for a moment and they don't know how they did it. Responding to um, a diagnosis is another kind of courage. Something happens that makes you respond and you do it without even thinking. It's second nature. It's like, okay, it's showtime. I got this diagnosis. I want to live. I got to change what I'm doing. That's one kind of courage. It's responsive. The other kind of courage, the kind of courage that the playground that I play in, is the kind that's a little less immediate. There's nothing that's happened that makes you have to respond, except there's an itch, a a niggling inside that's saying, I want more. This doesn't fit anymore. This isn't me. I'm not living my truth. I'm not being my authentic self. That kind of courage is the one that there is no burning building. There's no car. There's no diagnosis. And sometimes I think it's a harder kind of courage because if you don't do anything, well, whatever you, you're not going to pass away. Your the person under the car isn't going to lose their life. The building isn't going to go to the ground. You are the only one that suffers. And so, I that's what I say about courage. Um, in terms of it being its own kind, and I also say, courage in both instances is understanding that there are risks, that it's going to be hard that the there are scary minutes ahead and you do it anyway
1: yeah that is so true and i always i talk a lot too about the sometimes life throws you something like i got that breast cancer diagnosis or your you know your husband decides to leave you or there's a death in the family or something that you have to muster the courage to step up to the plate and you must do it. it's like that tower moment in the tarot card and then there are times where you're just like, okay, I, I've got to change. I can't stand the way that I'm feeling. I don't know where my joy went. I find that women, you know, that when I'm diagnosing someone, it's that sense of really being very stuck, not knowing like what to do next. As you said, the sort of the, just indulging in those dopamine squirts. So like too much TV, too much food, too much alcohol, too much shopping, looking for something to light you up. I'm curious, what are some of the things that you see that kind of a diagnostic stuff that it's okay. It's time for this person to make that switch and find the courage and change. What do you typically see in your clients? Um, you know, as they come to you,
2: the signs that I see very often, most of the time women know there's something off and they'll come and, and oftentimes I'll hear this. And I bet you do too. My life is fine. Like I have a good job and a, a, a husband that's fine and i like my house it's paid for but there's this flatness to what they're when they're talking about it and and they will say things like is that all there is or i thought life would bring me more or now that the kids are gone dot 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 so it's typically a feeling, it's almost like an itch, but you don't know where to scratch to get relief. Um, and it's this feeling of I've never been in this place before. And there's a reason for that, because you never have been in that place before. And the thing about it is what makes this time of life, Ellen, so uncomfortable for so many women, and 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 men too, but women in particular, because that's the arena that I deal in, um, is that in our previous lives, things were kind of mapped out. There were expectations. You graduate from high school then you either go to vocational school or you go on to college. And then potentially you go to graduate school, then you get your first job and then you buy your house or you get married and or in that order. Then you have kids, then they go off to school. Like it's prescribed. There's this routine and we all know it. And our tribes are going through that with us. You got the mom's club and the, you know, the soccer moms and all, all of that then you get to this point and it's almost like the last few chapters of the book were torn out and yeah. you don't know what happens and what to do and you don't you there's no guidebook, there's no atlas, no map. And so there's this feeling of okay, what what do I do now? I mean, people have stopped telling me, what I'm supposed to do and where to go. And that's, while it's frightening, it's also where the delicious part of life lives because you get to write the script. Our roles change at a certain point in our lives. And it happens to be the drastic change happens now when the kids are launched, when you can take early retirement, when social security or Medicare begins to be on the horizon, if it hasn't already kicked in. When you've saved your nest egg and you can pull back to part-time, whatever it is, sometimes it's financial things, sometimes it's relationship things. When your parents no longer need your care because they've gone on, all of those times which are emotional and take a toll on us also set us up for what's next. The issue becomes we don't know and we're scared.
1: Yeah, I love that you, you know, re- reference this idea of of a book and a script, because I think about the idea, I know you're all about authenticity of being the author of your existence. And to I always encourage people, change your perspective instead of, gosh, I don't know what to do. I could do anything. Yeah. I mean, we can do so much. And I think that I love again that you've referenced this idea of um, you know, everything is scripted up to a point. And I think a couple of things that happen is the menopause. Uh, We are dealing with elderly parents, as you said, might pass on, the kids are leaving, there's not this scripted life anymore. And it's it's just golden opportunity to figure it out. And what's incredible is that we're living longer. This is like, you know, the first time that we are living, I'm, I'm planning on making it to 100. So I'm looking at, you know, 40 or so amazing years ahead and we're living longer, we're being healthier and there is so much that we can do. So what are the first steps? Like when a client comes to you, I know what I do and what my process is. Someone comes to you and they're like, oh my gosh, Harry, I just feel absolutely stuck. I don't know what to do. Help. What do you say?
2: (laughs) Well, I do different things depending on what this, what my sense is, is uh, the issue is, and how old. Because remember, midlife to me is like, is like you said when we're look when we see the with the hourglass and. Maybe there's that midpoint when it's equal. It's just as much sand on the bottom as there is in the top or whatever. So um, the issues are different at different points in life. But oftentimes when someone just is stuck and says, I don't know, I don't even know what I want. If you gave me a magic wand right now, I wouldn't know what to ask for. When we're at that point, my typical response is often to take them on a journey inside to find out. Because the rea- here's the reality. We've spent so much of our lives being there for everybody else, giving, 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 giving. And um, that to have somebody ask, what would you like? It's like, uh, you mean I don't have to just take whatever's left in the casserole dish after it's gone around the table once? It's I get to pick. And so I will go into a heart-centered exercise and I will ask women to sit quietly. Um, We'll do some relaxing breaths. We'll get centered in and and find our place and actually find stillness. And then I will say, um, if you will place your hand over your heart and your other hand on top of that, um, I invite them to close their eyes. And then in a calm kind of a way, I will... Ask them to ask their heart, what is it that you want? And not just what do you want, what do you want for us? Because this is about us. Not what do you want for the world, world peace. We want the war in Ukraine to end. We want our kids to be happy. We want all those things. But what do you want for you is not a question we're asked very often. And nine times out of 10, tears will come or some kind of an emotional response a visceral response i ask where do you feel it in your body sometimes it's the tummy sometimes it's the heart itself sometimes it's a a instant headache and sometimes those the location of those feelings also brings with it messages so that's kind of my beginning point with women who are
1: completely hell bent that they don't know anything. Yeah, well, if you if you are one of those women and you feel you don't know anything, know that your heart does know, and yeah. I think that it's just beautiful to give yourself permission, whether you work with Sherry, me, life coach or not, to just simply close your eyes and just say what is my heart? And then you have to get really, really quiet and just listen and trust what comes up for you. And I think when I work with women, I think that's one of the, it's just a revelation. Like they've never asked that question of what I want. I know myself, I grew up very much. And I think it's our generation of of being a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and being the good girl. I was always thinking of what's going to make my parents happy and what's going to look good on a resume and what, you know, what is, what is society saying that I should be? And I think for a lot of us, it's the first time where we're just like, wow, give yourself the grace to just figure out and then, you know, and, and ask whatever you pray to God, source, universe, show me and, and then be open to what shows up. Cause it's so much about being open for opportunities. If you're always looking to everybody else and everything else then all of a sudden you're just you know being open can be a little bit scary to just be like okay i'm open for opportunities and all of a sudden you get an email i'll give myself as an example my um my ex and i were the cooking couple in the 90s and early 2000s. we were celebrity chefs and i was like you know i was just hitting 40 and i'm like oh my god what am i gonna do and i got a postcard in the mail from the i think it it's american society of strength training about becoming a personal fitness trainer because I was already a dietitian. I guess I was on their mailing list and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm a jock. I love to work out. I love to lift weights. I had never thought of being a personal fitness trainer, but you know, honestly, when I started working, I wasn't that always the best thing for me. It was like being an um, alcoholic working in a liquor store a little bit because I worked out so much with all of my clients, but that's what led me to becoming a life coach because I... What then became um, a coach, well coaches, because I met somebody through my coaching work and a training, I'm sorry, through my personal fitness work. And then I became a coach and that led me to becoming a psychologist and becoming, you know, a really full-fledged wellness coach and life coach. But So I'm here to say, open your heart, ask for help, and then you've got to shift your perspective from this lack of, I don't know what to do. This is also scary too the sky's the limit and notice what shows up for you. Another thing I love to tell women to do is think about what you loved to do when you were a kid, when you were five years old and you're sitting on the little carpet squares and your teacher goes around and says, what do you want to be when you grow up? What did you say? I know for me, I said writer, and I don't know where that came from. i like, what kind of kindergartner knows what it takes to be a writer? But I've written five books. I'm working on another one. Writing is part of my genius zone. So there's so much that you can do to really recreate your midlife. So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about why Sherry said that it takes guts uh, for to have courage to live life for yourself. We're going to give you more Tips and things you can do, and maybe we'll even take you through a little meditation to help you connect with your inner self. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife. I'm Dr. Ellen. If you want to reach out to me, go to the midlifewhisper.com We'll catch you on the other side.
2: Become our friend on Facebook.
1: Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause and trying to find work life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are, and navigate life. Hi. I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist nutritionist and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3, PM Eastern Standard Time. I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 tips to rock your midlife. That's the
0: midlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. Follow the Voice America Variety channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the midlife whisperer. Hey, everybody.
1: Welcome back to Rock Your Midlife. I hope that you are enjoying the show. I know I am loving this conversation. I think Sherry and I have so much in common. I want to let you know there's great resources to help you. So I am creating a new community called the Rock Your Midlife Community. If you are interested in that, just go to my website, which is the That's the com. There is a contact button there reach out to me and I will share more information about that, but it's going to be a very engaging community where we are going to have monthly meetings. We are going to have challenges. We're going to have workshops. I just did an intention setting workshop and I'm also going to have office hours. So you can pop on in, get some coaching and really get the support that you need because community is such a big part. And I want to let you know too that Sherry is doing a wonderful series. Sherry, you want to tell us a little bit about the series that's going on right now. And that information is in the show notes.
2: Yes, you got So it's my January talk series. This is my 13th (laughs) hosted event. And I've had a blast. We have fabulous experts. You are one of them, Dr. Ellen. And we've got, so we've got all kinds of Topics Um, Today, we're talking about decluttering. We have talked about vision as in um, eye eye health, not just we talk about vision and envisioning your future, but also eye health. Um, We kicked off with a fitness expert and um, we're talking about bone health and divorce and just like uh, all of the topics that are germane to us as midlife women, things that are interesting to us and pets. Don't let's don't forget pets because my cat Lotus, who I keep expecting to walk through the door. Usually he comes in about this time of day, so you might get to see him. But anyway, um, so it's a great series. You'll give give the link and it runs through the end of the month.
1: Well, do check it out. As Sherry says, it's kind of like being a fly on the wall where you can hear these really intimate, interesting conversations, amazing topics. Bone health is so huge for women, particularly as they're going through menopause. I know eye health. I've had cataract surgery and three retinal detachments. So I know all about the importance of eye health. So do check that out. So we're doing a little meditation, but before we get to that, I want you to explain that why you say that it takes guts or courage to live your life for yourself. Shouldn't that just come naturally? Truly, to us, <laughs> in in a perfect
2: world, uh, absolutely would. But here's the thing: we've been on the planet for so long now. In in our case, you know, six different decades, um, and so when you get to this point in your life, you've had conditioning. You've stepped into those roles that we talked about in the first half of this of this uh, conversation. Um, you have you've taken on the role of let's think about all of the roles that we have as as women and i won't enumerate all of them but if you write down the ones that you have you're first of all you everybody here that's listening is an offspring you're a, a son or a daughter pr- presumably a daughter um of of somebody, that's a role. And then you might be yourself, a spouse, an employee, a best friend, a mother, a volunteer, all kinds of these roles. And these are, they all come with a job description. They all come with expectations. They all come with demands and they all take something from us. Now, granted, many of them replenish and give back as well. But um, to have the courage to actually, when you can shake off some of those roles and to be able to say, what is it that I want at this point in my life, that does take courage because we're not used to doing it.
1: That's why it's hard. Yeah. So incredibly true. And one shift that I find is so powerful is instead of sort of thinking about your age. I like to think about stage. And then I also like to think about adult second adulthood. So we sort of take the first 20 years and subtract that and be like, Oh, okay. I've got this whole second adulthood that I'm creating, which feels so much more spacious. And another um, tip that I give for people who are women who are trying to reinvent themselves is just start to spend time with yourself. I did this with one client and it was like, initially it was really hard for her to say no, And actually, you know, when she started taking time for herself, all of this guilt bubbled up. It's like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be doing this. But she did it anyway. And it was as simple as just going to her favorite bookstore. And just spending an hour browsing in her bookstore, looking at books, getting herself a nice coffee, buying a book or journal, sitting and writing. It doesn't have to be this big thing. You don't have to like, you know, book a one-way trip to Europe. You don't have to shift your careers, but that is going to be the breadcrumbs. What are some other breadcrumbs that you recommend for someone who's listening and thinking, okay, I want to start to recreate myself at midlife. What do you suggest?
2: A big one for me, and this is going to be hard for some women, is stop multitasking. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And particularly uh, an example that I like to use because so many women that I know at this point, I'm a recovered runner. I don't run anymore, but I do walk. And sometimes I'll walk pretty damn long distances and it's tempting to Take along a podcast, to listen to music, to do, you know, to listen to a lot of different things. And while that's all well and good, particularly if you're listening to this show, then that's fine. You can leave that on. But what if you went for a walk and you didn't listen to somebody else's words or somebody else's music? What if you took just the moment and Soaked in the nature and the outdoors and let your mind go where it will lead you let seeing some wildlife spur you to a memory of your childhood of something that you used to love. Let an idea come into your head that wasn't planted there by somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for me. And it's I, I will tell you, it's I'm I'm outing myself. It's hard. I take my phone with me when I walk, primarily for safety reasons, also for tracking, because I want to know how far I've gone and whatever. But um it's I will promise myself that at least half, preferably more, sometimes the whole walk, I won't listen to anything except. My heart and my mind
1: and my thoughts. Yeah, I love that. And I sometimes I use my phone because I come up with really great thoughts that I want to jot down. Yes, I want to say if you're thinking like God, I'm looking for my purpose. Part of your purpose is to enjoy your damn life. I'll say that again. Part of our purpose is like reincarnate and being a human is a crazy miracle, right? We have nothing to do with the fact that we exist. And that we have consciousness and that we're here, but part of the reason that we're here is to enjoy our life. Another hint that I give to clients all the time is imagine that you are at the end of your life, you're in your 80s, you're in your 90s. What do you want your life to have stood for? Which is basically tapping into your core values. For me, it's pretty straightforward. I'm all about like kindness, compassion, spirituality, and well-being. And so those are like the barometers that I use to help me determine my North, you know, my North star where I'm going, like around my breast cancer. It was always, is this treatment, am I going to regret this treatment when I'm 80 and I'm going to have neuropathy? If I do this thing and I damage my body, am I going to regret this? Uh, You know, is this amazing man that I'm with, is he in alignment with my core values, which he is, he is incredibly healthy and he is spiritual and he's super kind and compassionate. So, See what your core values are. Be in alignment with them, and also find time. It just give yourself permission to enjoy your life.
2: Yes, you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking of a book I read. It's been a couple of years now, um, but I really enjoyed it, and it's called A Year of Yes, and it's mm-hmm. a yes. um, it's a memoir by Shonda Rhimes, and she is the she was the she's a television producer and writer, and she produced Grey's Anatomy. And she, just as the title of the book would indicate, she made this commitment that she would say yes to everything for an entire year. And she takes us on a journey through what that looks like. Um, and she was invited to give a commencement address, for example, which strikes fear in the hearts and terror in the hearts of of many. Um, and she would have declined it had she not been in this challenge for herself. Um, I think she might've skydived, just a variety of different things. I wonder what it would be like to challenge our communities to do something along those lines, whether it's a year or a shorter period of time, or maybe there's parameters on it if people you know want to dip their toe in the water or whatever. But part of what you're talking about and what I'm talking about is saying yes Two things that w- we get into this this playback loop, and I see it all the time. Of I'm not that kind of person. That's not I'm not good at that. I see it in my own. I lead a coaching group, and many times in the group, there will be older women who've been retired for a couple years, or there'll be somebody that didn't that had an assistant and an AA didn't have to do their own tech, and they'll come on and I'll ask them to do something, and they're like, "Well, I'm not good at tech." okay, I'll let you say that once, but after that, it becomes an excuse. So Mm -hmm. what if you say, yes, you know, I'm going to figure this out. Do you think you could help me? Or if you've got a nephew or, or a niece, that's a Gen Z, you know, what if we said yes to more things, trying new things, tasting new foods, going to a different restaurant, go to the same restaurant, order something different. We get into this, Groove that becomes a rut that becomes a grave, and at, at some point or another, you gotta change it
1: up. Yeah, I love that you you talk about the yes, and I love that you reference that because the Bridgertons, which she produced, is amazing, and that her other finding, I think it was inventing Anna. She's an amazing uh, woman at midlife who's doing incredible work. But part of the yes thing, saying yes, is saying no. So yeah, we create the space. and I think that's hard. Do you have any tips? I do no is I absolutely
2: do. um, in fact, I have a download. It's on my website somewhere. um, it's called the it, and I did a little video to go with it. It's called say yes, say no. um, because here's the reality when you say yes to something, you also say no to something else. And if you are can be conscious about that, many times it's good. So if I say, and it goes vice versa. Yes and no, or no and yes can precede each other. So let's say I say no to a third glass of wine on a weeknight. I'm saying yes to the chance that I'm going to be able to go to the gym or work out or to get up early or to do whatever it is that I value in the morning. So And I actually on the sheet have you write out what the things are that sometimes challenge you. So when you say no to eating sensibly, you're saying yes to indigestion tomorrow, or yes to extra pounds, or yes to bad elimination for the next three days, whatever it is. And we all know it. We make those decisions, but we kind of go, la, 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 I can't hear you. Um, We don't think about the consequences. And to kind of underscore that, this is something I said recently to someone else, and it was, I have never regretted getting up early in the morning, ever, ever. Never regretted. Oh, I shouldn't have got up before the sunrise and right. um, and seen that happen. I shouldn't have gotten more things done in my day. And I have also never gone to bed and then gotten up the next day and said, "I wish I had had an extra martini last night."
1: Right? Never. Or, 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 I wish I'd so, taken. A, t- I, I wish I'd watched TV instead of exercising or whatever. Ever those things are. Yes. But it's so interesting because a couple things about about saying no. The brain, again, is programmed for immediate gravica- gratification. So we want that cookie today instead yeah. of, you know, not having the indigestion tomorrow or, you know, being healthier and more fit. Um, and what I always tell my clients is pause before you say yes, capping into your body and saying, okay, tell someone, let me think about it. And that's a huge habit that I've helped a lot of my clients develop of saying, let me think about it. Can I get back? I'll get back to you about that. And that's a way to sort of just give yourself a little space instead of we automatically are like, oh, yes, I'll do this. And yes, I'll do that. And I know I do that sometimes. And I find myself, I don't do it. Actually, I don't really do it anymore. My Again, my breast cancer really taught me. It was such a great get out of jail free card. I said no to so many things, anything I did not want to do. And I do the same thing now I say no, because my life literally depends on it. So great hints about that. So I would love for you to take us through, uh, you know, three or four minute meditation. I know you referenced that. If you are driving, keep your eyes open, please. But I would love for (laughs) Sherry to, to take us through the process. Do you mind doing that? I would love
2: to. And in fact, what I'd like to do is the one that I just spoke of, I'd like to do that in real time because it is so powerful. And, and I've given um, listeners a kind of a preview of what that's like. So, um, and, and I want you to actually experience it in real time. So, if you would, just if you're sitting and presumably you are, um, unless you're walking and then you can listen to this on replay, but find yourself um, situated in your seat where you can get a sense of your body in on your chair. You feel your sit bones and where they're connecting with the cushion or with the chair itself or whatever it is that you're seated on and maybe wiggle a little bit from side to side so that you really get a sense of that and feel the backs of your thighs And press your back against your chair and feel how the small of your back curves and arches and where the the contact points of your back hit that chair. And if you've got armrests, put your arms in a place that feels comfortable and be mindful of perhaps your elbows are being supported so you're really connected to your body. I like to put my feet flat on the floor so that i feel grounded and connected but relaxed let your shoulders come down from your ears wiggle those around and then when you're ready if it feels comfortable either close your eyes or lower your gaze so that you aren't taking in visual stimulation from other things in the room and as you begin to find your place of comfort notice your breath And begin by breathing in. I like to breathe in through my nose a nice deep down to the belly breath and let it come out slowly, sometimes through my mouth, potentially through your nose, how whatever feels good for you. And as I am quiet for a moment, center in on your breath and do just a couple more for yourself at your pace. And now that you're comfortable and connected, take your right hand and open it so that the palm is facing toward your chest bone and place that right hand over your heart. Take another breath and place your left hand atop your right so that you're cradling your heart chakra, the heart that's beating so beautifully and keeping you alive. And take one more breath as I ask you and stand next to you while you ask your heart, dear heart, what do you want? What do you want for us? What do you really want? Pause for a moment. Very often, the answer will come quickly. Your heart will respond sometimes with a word, sometimes with a visual, sometimes with an entire sentence or a sensation. But be ready to hear what your heart has to say. And maybe your heart just flutters and lets you know that it's there and it's not ready to talk yet. That's okay. You can come back and ask it again. And before we leave your heart, Thank it, thank it for keeping you alive, for its rhythmic breathing, for the things that it tells you and shares with you and the the secrets that it helps you keep. Thank your heart and thank yourself for your willingness to try this. And when you're ready, you can begin to shift in your seat. You can open your eyes and rejoin Dr. Ellen and I.
1: All right, thank you for that. That was absolutely lovely. What came up for me was trust and relax. Cause I tend to, I'm really trying right now in my life and have working with this with clients of, you know, we're, 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 we're nibbling at the Aquarian age. We're trying to do things differently. There's a lot falling apart in the world. And as midlife women, we influence up to four generations, grandkids, kids, our peers, our parents. You know, I always quote the Dalai Lama says the Western woman is going to save the world. But to save the world and to make that next chapter find our purpose, we do need to tune into our heart. And so for me, I am really looking to create in a new vein, not the old model of hustle culture and exhaust yourself and workaholism. So my message was relax. So if you listen, I would love to know, reach out on my website or reach out to Sherry so that she can hear what you heard. Or if you are watching on YouTube or on Facebook, write down what what word. And I think I, I love that, you know, it might be just a word, right? what are the words that you, I mean, when I do this kind of thing, people hear peaceful, just like, And and I do this exercise that I call Destination Vibration, which is so much about how do you want to feel? And I feel like emotions are really the energy that infuses your vision. So we start out with this thoughts, a vision of what we want. Maybe we want to be in a different body, a different relationship, a different career. We want to travel, have fun, all this stuff. But how do you want to feel? Because I think that's the piece when we're manifesting. That we don't tap into the emotion. I know when, you know, we both referenced the early years, who tapped into their emotion, right? It was all about like these goals of what I thought I, what I should be doing, shooting all over yourself instead of how do I want to be feeling? Exactly. Yep,
2: it's strive, you strive for the next goal, get to the next place, and whatever. And those words, very often, those single words when they present themselves are powerful messages. Um, one that I had when I did the exercise back when I was making decisions about my own life, um, was two words. It was slow down. And I I I took that to heart and I and I took it to mean many things, slow down your speech, though slow down on your decision-making, slow down on all of it, slow down and notice. It's kind of the whole kind of the concept of stop and smell the roses, because this is your one beautiful, fabulous life. This is it. And you having faced the things that you faced, understand that more acutely than you might have before. So I I it is it's a profound thing and our hearts do have the answers. We do have the answers. When someone comes to either one of us and says, "I don't know what's next. I'm confused. I'm stuck. I'm this and I'm not." I say to them, "Slow down. You're not stuck. You're maybe just not listening."
1: Yeah, I love that because we do. We think we're stuck and I'm always so amazed when I, you know, connect with somebody I can see what they need and where they're going. And I'm always like with my clients, you're actually 95% there. And I reference the, in my book, Rock Your Midlife, I referenced the, I don't know if you're familiar with tarot, but the, the eight of swords, which is the card I picked today, which is interesting, but it's basically a woman and she's stuck in the mud and she's got a blindfold on and she's surrounded by swords. And the cool thing about this card is that if we shift our mindset, like you said, and we realize quick, quiet, we slow down, realize I'm not stuck. I just need to pull the blindfold off. I just need to take these things that are binding me, which are all of our thoughts. And I need to step outside the mud, dust myself off. And then up on the cliff is my castle that I can start to find and make my way there. We never know all the answers, but I love that slowing down because One of the most powerful things you can do if you're ruminating, if you're in fear, um, your brain, again, just goes back to neuroscience. Our brain is always looking for what could go wrong in our lives. And when we're mindful, which means... We're just experiencing what we're experiencing at the present moment. Like I'm just, I find this like when I'm on doing the show, right? I'm not thinking about what I'm making for dinner or, uh, you know, what the other, all of the things on my to-do list. I'm just enjoying sharing with you and talking about this. So mindfulness is really where it is at. So it's Sherry, thank you so much for being here today. Again, if you want to join the conversation, her January series is in the show notes. Um, where else can people find you, Sherry?
2: My website is www.fork-road.com and that's the best place to find me.
1: And you can find her on Instagram too, which is absolutely awesome. I hope that you have enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. Again, if you want to join my community, please reach out to me at themidlifewhisper.com Sherry, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you all for being and listening. I hope you've gotten value. Have a beautiful week. This is Rock Your Midlife.
0: Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.